see in his word, from his actions and from his word, his nature. Now, there's some people that say things and don't do them. But God, I mean, when he says something, he's going to back it up with action every single time. And I was trying to think of which, which example to start with to show an example of God's gifts to us, God's gift to us as, as human beings. And uh, it, it came to me, it was pretty simple, actually. If you go to Genesis 1, chapter 1, this is like the opening act of the Bible. This is scene one. And uh, we won't read the whole passage, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start reading through some of it here. You can follow along again. It's Genesis 1.1. It's right at the front of your Bible. Um, <laughs> it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving on the face of the waters, or moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. God saw that the light was good. God called the light day, and darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning one day. And then it talks about God making this expanse, and we go down into verse, uh, <clears throat> verse 10 there. And God saw that it was good. And then we hear about him making the plants. And then he makes the animals. And then he makes the bugs that all of you love so much. And then he makes all kinds of creatures. And he basically he makes this entire planet, this amazing planet. And you see here over and over again, and God saw that it was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. So he spends, this is like the king of the universe spending all this time making planet Earth. And uh, I hope you guys are enjoying the summer weather outside because it's beautiful. This is a beautiful planet we have. But can you imagine it at the dawn of creation? I mean, the first day, what would have it smelt like? What would have it looked like? What would have it felt like? Untouched, completely pure, no sin, no death, no disease. You know, there's no lions tackling down gazelles. They're like, they're playing together. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is Earth. Different than what we see now, incredible, amazing. What does God do? Makes this entire planet, and then he gives it to man. It's a gift. This is his first, this is the opening act of the Bible, the first scene we see God creating a gift to give to man. And it's not just like God says, okay, Adam, you know, here's, here's a Ferrari, and he's like, oh, wow, this is cool. We're talking an entire planet for two people. Well, one to start with. <laughs> and then took the rib out of the side and you know the rest of the story. <laughs> Two people, entire planet. That's pretty extravagant if you ask me. I mean, I don't know anybody who owns their own planet. Maybe some weirdos out there think they do, but <laughs> it's my island. Um, <laughs> but uh, to have a whole planet just given to you, can you imagine the wealth, the, the vast resources? Like, we haven't even tapped the, the surface of what, what this planet holds. I mean, look at all the billions of people it's supporting. The gold, the oil, the technology, the rare minerals, the, the wildlife, the abundance, the food, everything. And God just gives it to them. That's our God. That's the first gift we see him giving. To me, that's super significant. And we see the first act of God's 
God's nature, God's first act towards man is to give us an entire planet. That's our God. And he didn't give us, you know, a half-finished half planet and said, okay, you know, the rest is up to you guys. Like, he gave us this planet to have dominion over it, to do all these different things. But the bottom line that I'm getting at is God gave us a planet. A gift, if I can say it that way. So God starts getting into the business of giving people land, it seems. And as you know, I mean, there's people start multiplying, and then there's Noah, and then there's all this crazy stuff going on. And I mean, basically, we, we screwed up. Like, God gives us this brand new planet, and within, like, a couple of weeks, you know, they eat the apple and all that stuff, and fun ensues. I try to think of, like, what's an example we could, you know, relate to today? And it's not as elaborate as a planet, but maybe something that we could fathom. Imagine if you spent, like, three years building a house, like, an elaborate house, and you paid for the whole thing, and, like, your blood and sweat and tears are in this house. You've smashed your thumb so many times, pounding and nails, and you build this huge house, beautiful house, and uh, then you give it away to somebody. And they're like, oh, thanks, yeah, this is cool. And the first thing you do is like trash this house to pieces, right? You're not exactly going to be like, oh, well, huh. how about another one? How about a bigger one, you know? That's not going to be your first reaction. But what does God say? Okay, so we, we just brought sin into the earth. What's he say? Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover you with the son of my blood. I'm going to crush the heel of the destroyer. I am going to fix this. It's going to be better than it ever was. And you know what? You're, just gonna, you're not just going to have earth. You're going to have a kingdom. You're going to have heaven. That's his reaction. Like, that would not be my reaction. If I gave someone a gift and they wrecked it, I wouldn't be very apt to just go, you know, hand them the keys to my car because that's just, as human beings, that's totally opposite of how we'd be. But God, what drove him to do that? What drove him to, I mean, the sin is still fresh. And he's saying, you know what? I'm going to fix this. I'm going to give you something even better. I'm going to restore everything you lost. That's the great gift giver. That is God. And we'll see, of course, in the New Testament how he restored everything that we ever lost. But when you look at that, you see a glimpse of God's nature, of who he is. Like, for me, when I spill, like, a glass of water, or, I mean, most of you guys have probably experienced, you know, you got a full plate of food, you trip, and you spill it on the floor. I get upset. You know, it's like, oh, man, God, I mean, this great thing happens and his first reaction is love is giving so that's god's nature now let's look at another example and this is still in genesis of god giving something giving a gift to somebody else and again this is god the great gift giver genesis 13 verses 14 to 18 again genesis 13 verse 14 the lord said to abram after Lot had separated from him, now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which you see, I will give it to you and to your descendants forever. I will make your descendants the, as the dust of the earth so that if anyone can number the dust of the earth, then your descendants can also be numbered. Arise, walk about the land through its length and breadth, for I will give it to you. 
Wow. Yeah, that's the appropriate response. So God gave Abraham, this is a man who couldn't have children through his original wife, Sarah. He gave him a family that God said will outnumber the dust of the earth and the stars of the sky. And he gives him the promised land. And I, I've always thought this was interesting. As God said, you know, arise and look from the place you are, north, south, east, west, walk around the length and the breadth for everything you lay your hands on, I will give to you. Personally, I've always thought that if Abraham kept walking, kept looking more, God would have given him even more. I, I always, I love that thought. And you'll see, uh, you know, there's a, this is a bit of a different part in the Bible, but where David, King David, um, he sins, and he basically, as you know the story, he takes Bathsheba to be his bride, and all this terrible stuff happens, like people are getting killed, there's betrayal, and Nathan the prophet comes and faces David, and he says like, okay, you want to hear this story of this terrible thing that happened in your kingdom? Here's this rich man with all the sheep. Here's this poor man with one sheep. Rich guy comes, takes the sheep from the poor man, and, and David's like outraged, like, who would do such a thing, you know? He's so mad. And Nathan says, you are that man. But there's a part in there, even when God's rebuking him, that blows me away, where God says, I gave you wives and houses and families. He said, I gave you the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And then God says, and if that was too little, I would have given you more. Wow. God's saying like, this isn't enough. Look, look at all. I gave you all this. But David, if it wasn't enough, just ask me. I would have given you more. Like, he gave David a kingdom, a throne, lands. Like, he was a king. And God was saying, you know, it's almost like, well, I'm sorry, David. I thought this was enough. But if it's, if it's not, I'll give you more. That's pretty mind-blowing. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of ties into Abraham. I mean, look at this. This promise God makes this man to give him this entire land, to give him this entire family. God the gift giver. God the gift giver. Now, we won't go here, but if you look throughout Genesis, um, many of you are familiar with the story of Abraham giving his son. Of God saying, you know, offer to me now your only son. And uh, I find it amazing that the, the means by which you know, God's covenant entered the earth was through an act of, of giving. It's powerful stuff. James 1.17, and you don't have to turn there, but it talks about uh, how every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there's no variation or shifting of shadow. So God gives us good and perfect gifts. If you've got something that's not good, it's not perfect, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not Him. God's going to give you good gifts. There's another verse in, uh, in the Gospels that talk about uh, if you then, being evil, know how to give your children good gifts, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Now, in our culture, in our society, it's not typical for us to ask people for gifts. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I, I haven't seen that happen very much. Maybe at Christmas time when you're a kid, but you know, I'm not going to walk up to somebody and say, "Hey, can you can you give me a gift, Rhonda?" It's not my birthday or anything, but that's a very shiny ring you have. You know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's just not how it works, right? But in the kingdom of heaven, he says, ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be opened. 
So it's, it's a bit of a different dynamic there that here's God, the great gift giver, with all this stuff he wants to give us. I'm not just talking physical possessions, like although it says in the Gospels that he'll meet your needs, clothing, food, abundance, but there are so many spiritual gifts he wants to give us too. And the biggest gift, in my, in my opinion, is the salvation, which we're going we're gonna to get to that. But there's just so much stuff that God wants to give us. Like, I was preparing for this message, and it just, it just everywhere you're looking, God is giving stuff to man. And in many cases, and I don't have time to go into all this tonight, but in many cases, he gives you gifts to give to other people, to spread his kingdom, to spread his, he's the gift giver. We're made in his image. He gives us these gifts to give to other people. It's, it's amazing. Now, I'm just going to blast through this, this part fairly quickly, but he gave David a throne. He gave Paul a ministry. He gave Hannah a son. He gave Elisha an anointing. Like when Elijah was going up to heaven, Elijah asked for a double portion. God gave it to him. Like think of these amazing things God's giving to people. He gave Ruth a husband. He gave Rahab the harlot like a second chance gave Joshua the promised land, and he gave you his son. That's the greatest gift ever. 1 Kings uh, 3, verses 5 to 14. This is one more example of God giving a gift to somebody. And this is, this is one of, in my opinion, one of the most unique prayers in the Bible. Because this is God talking to Solomon. And he is basically giving the fabled... Look, I'll grant you one wish, man. Anything you want, you can have it. And this isn't like, you know, the story of Aladdin. This is God Almighty saying, you know, grant me anything. And, I mean, I don't think Solomon was like, hmm, maybe I should ask for a flying horse. You know, he was, he was thinking of some pretty interesting stuff. And most, most people would ask for, like, well, I want riches, or I want you to crush my enemies, or, you know, Give me long life or something like that. And I find this interesting because, again, this is another example of God's nature. So we'll start at uh, Kings 3, verse 5, and he says, In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night, and God said, Ask what you wish me to give you. Now, if we just stop there, and it's like, I, I think in the New Testament, it's almost like God is saying this to us, to every single one of us personally. Ask what you wish me to give you. What does the Bible say? If we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us and we have the request we ask. That is profound. And we look, I mean, here's the great gift giver, God. And he says to Solomon, now this is a bit more elaborate because he appears to him in a dream and says, ask me for anything. Solomon said, You've shown great loving kindness to your servant, David, my father, according as he walked before you in truth and righteousness and uprightness of heart towards you. And you have reserved for him this great loving kindness that you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. Yet I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. Now, this is interesting because when Solomon was asking for something from God, 
he actually knew what he needed. You know, sometimes we ask for things we think it's what we need. And the Bible again says, you have not because you ask not, or you have not because you ask amiss. So Solomon had the wisdom to know what he actually needed. Your servant is in the midst of your people which you have chosen, a great people who are too many to be numbered or counted. So give your servant an understanding heart. Or it can say also mean a hearing heart. To judge your people, to discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? And I love this next scripture. It was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Isn't that cool? Because he asked for the right thing, it pleased God. It was like, oh, fine, I'll give you a heart that hears so you can hear me groaning and mumbling. No, he's like, wow, I'm so glad you asked for that, Solomon. It pleased him. God said to him, because you have asked this thing and not asked for yourself long life, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but you have asked for yourself discernment to understand justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. Behold, I have given you a wise and discerning heart so that there has been no one like you before you, nor shall one arise after you. I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there will not be any among the kings like you all your days. Doesn't Proverbs said, first thing to seek is wisdom? James, it says, ask him for wisdom and he'll give it to you. I'm paraphrasing there. Isn't it interesting that because Solomon had the wisdom to ask for the right thing, not only did he get that discerning heart, but he literally became the richest man who ever lived. You think like Bill Gates or like, uh, you know, Sam Walton, guys like that were, are rich? The richest Solomon had, th these guys don't even call, hold a candle to it. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And where did it all start? It all started at this night where he asked God for something, where he asked the great gift giver, give me a heart of wisdom. Boom. Wow. So those are some examples of God giving gifts to men. Now, you know, these are some awesome Old Testament heroes and saints. What about you? What about the person sitting in that chair right now? What about you? New Testament, things are different. Things are even better. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, if you'll go there, Ephesians 4, verse 1, God, the great gift giver. 4, verse 1. We're going to read from 1 to 8. Therefore, I, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So when I read that, I think, man, there's a lot expected of me. <laughs> a 
there's a lot going. God has pretty high standards for us. Look what he says right after that. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now, it goes on to talk about the fivefold ministry and the gifts of the fivefold ministry. But that's, that sentence there in, in verse 7, it says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now, I can't stand before you tonight and profess that I, I know the breadth of what that means, Christ's gift, according to the measure of Christ's gift. All I know is that that gift of Jesus Christ, the measure of that gift, was without question the broadest, deepest, most sacrificial, most powerful gift ever given to mankind. And it says that he has given you grace according to the same measure of that gift of Christ. That's a lot of grace. And that's a huge understatement. (laughs) Grace. Grace to do what he's called you to do. Grace to be who he's called you to be. That is a gift God has given to you. Now, it does go on to talk how he gave gifts to men. He gave the fivefold ministry. And they have certain gifts. There's apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors. Their gifts unlock our gifts, unlock our God-given gifts. They're a gift. Uh, it says he gave gifts to men. And you'll see, you know, like it says, it talks about the ministry gifts here. And like, not only did God give us his son, but he's given us all these people in our lives, like, Pastor Brownie, Jonathan, you know, Pastor David before that. And they are literally unlocking the giftings inside us. And, you know, that was one one part of the message tonight I was, like, hoping to preach about more was, like, the gifts that God's put inside of us. But as I was studying, preparing it, just I just felt like I was saying, no, like, that's real. That's a huge part of who God is and, and that the giftings in us. But I just felt like he was saying, just tell them about the gifts I have for them. You know, it was... <laughs> so much ground to cover but uh, i thought that was amazing that that our gifts i believe they you know unlock others gifts you really see that in the fivefold ministry and we we have amazing gifts here through the ministry gifts of you know pastor brownie pastor jonathan but uh so talking more about gifts that god gives let's go to romans 8 32 Now, Romans 8 is like one of the most magnificent chapters in the entire Bible. It's talking about victory over basically everything you could ever face, victory over sin, victory over anything, you know, being an overwhelming conqueror. I love this scripture, Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his own son but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Freely give us all things. So if anyone ever challenges you on whether it's God's will for you to be healthy, for you to be wise, for you to have a strong family, for you to have abundance and prosperity, look, if he gave you his son, he'll give you, I mean, everything else is so much smaller compared to that. So much smaller. He gave the ultimate gift, the ultimate sacrifice. These other things, you can see, number one, you can see in God's word that it's his will. 
But that, this scripture is so clear. How will he not? If he gave you his son, why won't he give you everything else? That's, ex- that's what this scripture is saying in a nutshell. It's so plain. It's so, it's so obvious. You can just see bleeding through the pages here. God's desire to give to you, to give to us. And he's proven it over and over again. But he didn't just stop after the cross and say, okay, you know, I've, I gave you the big, the big one now, and you know, now you're on your own. He just keeps giving and giving and giving and giving. It just opened a door for him to, to give more. Luke 12, verses 31 and 32. <clears throat> Here it ends here. There we go. So we know that, like, here on this earth, we do have physical needs and we have, you know, desires. I mean, people, you know, we, we want to travel, we want a home, we want a car that runs. You're younger, you've experienced cars that do not run. <laughs> um, we have certain desires, and uh, you know I, it's not it's not wrong to want those things, but I think sometimes we seek the gifts instead of the giver, and uh, you know it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> right in these scriptures, it says, "But seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you." Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. Okay, hold on. We're getting into a whole new territory here. So we're talking about him giving us all this stuff, but now he's talking about giving us a kingdom? Kingdom of heaven? How many times does he say, like if you read through the New Testament, all these times he's talking about bringing a kingdom, that the kingdom of heaven's at hand. And we're getting, we're getting to the really exciting part where we start talking about the gift of Jesus. But God came, Jesus came to give us more than just like a way to meet our needs and you know, more, than just, more than just land and, and even more than just, just joy. We're, we're talking a whole package deal where he's given us a kingdom. We're talking streets of gold, myriads of angels, like unlimited amounts of, of power and provision. This is God's kingdom and he's giving it to us. He says... But not only is he saying he's giving it to us, he says the Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. Some translation says it's his delight to give you the kingdom. So, friends, us receiving God's gifts makes him happy. It's really simple. Um, I don't have kids yet. I, I assume once I do, I'll be talking about them all the time, like little buddy Moses there. John just sent me a, a picture of Moses. It's probably the cutest thing I've ever seen. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I can imagine at Christmas time when you give gifts to your kids and you see them like all excited and happy if it's a dart gun or whatever it is. That's, ca- yeah. <laughs> it's going to cause some mess, but whatever. <laughs> I can imagine that it would bring a lot of joy to you as a parent. You know, that you'd be very, very happy. Because this your kid is like, wow, and you know, you spent like ten dollars. Of course, sometimes there's the gifts where it's like a three hundred dollar gift and the kid pushes the gift aside and plays with the cardboard box and they're like, Whoa, you know, well whatever, they're happy. <laughs> but uh it's such an awesome experience 
I, I know when I was a kid and I was happy to get these certain gifts, I can just imagine what my parents were feeling, you know, looking back. And when I give gifts to people, like, one of the best people to ever buy a present for was Liberty Bounds. I mean, man, you gave her something, she's like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's like, oh, I just want to give you something else. Like, she was so thankful to receive this gift. Now, <laughs> God likes giving us gifts. We, we can see that in the scripture. I think he gets special delight when we're thankful for those gifts. Now, there's the other side of things. Like, uh, I've seen videos on YouTube of very, very spoiled people. Like, we're talking 16-year-old daughter. Daddy pulls up with a brand-new Mustang for her 16th birthday. And, like, you know, if my dad did that to me, first I'd say, where's my dad and what have you done with him? <laughs> and then my second reaction would be utter shock and, like, tears of thankfulness. Well, I mean, there's, and there's multiple videos of this where the father pulls up and the daughter just starts it's not pink i wanted pink that's black you ruined my birthday <laughs> and it's just like like it just grates you inside you want to like you know <laughs> what are you thinking like your dad just gave you a car and you're mad because it's the wrong color like i was happy to you know to get my first car i thought it was the greatest car in the world until you know i saw other cars out there <laughs> but it was special to me even though when I drove in winter I had to scrape the windshield from the inside while I was driving <laughs> yeah my cruise control was actually you know those surveyor stakes I had one I could wedge between the door and my gas pedal that was, that was my cruise control dangerous yes when I wanted to go faster I would just wedge another piece of Kleenex in there and it would give me about an extra two kilometers so <laughs> you know, so you see these kids getting like the wrong color Mustang and just freaking out and like, in my mind, it's, what? Like, it just doesn't compute. And I think, you know, sometimes, I think sometimes we're like that spoiled teenage girl where like, we don't stop and count our blessings, you know? Like, I've, I've got in the habit of just stopping at times and silently sitting there. I do it in the like, the wee hours of the night when everything's quiet, I'll just sit in my house and I'll look around and just be like, whoa, God, I'm just surrounded by your goodness. Like, all these different aspects of my life. Is my life perfect? Well, no. We've all got challenges. But when you stop and count your blessings and the things God's given to you, it'll put you in awe. You'll be thankful. Like, and every single one of us has much to be thankful for. Despite all the hardships and the challenges we face in our life, think of the family you have. Think of, I mean, the air you breathe, all the joy you've had in your life. And for me, a huge part of the blessing of God is the people he's put in our lives. And we've got each other. We've got friends. We've got family. We've got the family of God. So I, I know God delights to give us things, but I think his delight is extra special when we have a heart of thankfulness. So, uh, <clears throat> now, the parts you've all been waiting for, God's ultimate gift. Jesus, of course. Let's go to John 3.16. Of all the scriptures ever preached, 
This is, I would say, unquestionably the most famous scripture in the world. And I believe it's because it captures the heart of God in like this one tiny little scripture. It captures God's heart towards humanity, his plan, his salvation. And look at the words it uses. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. What was the ultimate expression of God's love to mankind? It was the giving of his most precious gift, his son. God, the great gift giver. So here, all through history, God's blessing and giving things to men. And it climaxes with the gift of his son. You look in Romans, you look in all different places in the New Testament, but it's very prevalent in Romans in chapters you know, 4, 5, 6. It's talking over and over again about the free gift, the gift of righteousness, the gift, the free gift. The transgression is not like the free gift. It's over and over and over again. This was the single most ultimate act of love in, in all of eternity. I, I don't know how God can top this. <laughs> he is God, but this was the climax of his love, was the act of giving his son. And man, did it ever cost him. It's not like, you know, when you give a kid a $5 bill to go buy a couple treats at the corner store. I mean, that's not, that's nothing. This is God's, the Father's most precious, precious gift. And you gotta, you got to think of how much it hurt for him to give that to us. I can't even imagine. I try. And yet, Jesus gave himself for us. So if you ever, if you're ever wondering what God's nature is towards you, you just got to look at the cross where he gave his only begotten son. And like it says in Romans, if he gave us a son, how much more will he not freely give us all things? So God, the great gift giver, John 3.16 says it very clearly. And then the final thing I... You know, I wanted to highlight was that you have to receive his gift. You know, I, I've had several experiences in my life where I try to give something to people and they won't take it. And you've probably all ex experienced that in some way. You know, I'm at the point now if my parents want to give me money, I just say, yeah, sure, you know, I take it. <laughs> it's a great place to be. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I wish it would happen more. It doesn't happen very much, but... <laughs> but I, you know, I remember in my, my younger days, like, there's times where you're too proud to take a gift. Oh, I don't need, I don't need your charity. I, you know, I don't need this. And, and in reality, like, you do. You know, you're just like, oh, I could really use that right now. But no, you know, there's lots of people out there that, uh, like, try, try paying for someone's gas or pay for their groceries. It's actually hard to do. They will look at you, and uh, it's crazy. I was talking to Shireen. Uh, we were driving along and having one of our super invigorating intellectual talks like we always do. <laughs> okay, maybe an exaggeration, but 
we were talking about this, this hypothetical scenario, like if you took some kids and there was a room with like money all over the floor, like you just dumped money on the floor, like millions of dollars, and you said to the kids, like, go ahead, you know, take whatever you want. Those kids would go bonkers. Like they would be like shoving it in their pockets and carrying as much as they can. But take an adult in there and say, here, it's free money. Take whatever you want. I would be surprised if they would touch it. Now, some of you are thinking, like, well, not me. I would, like, I would load right up, you know. <laughs> but honestly, I think, I think we're trained not to receive gifts. Like, we are trained as we get older that it's just, you just don't do that. You know, you stand on your own two feet. You, well, it's not like that in the kingdom. So if you find anyone giving out money in, like, rooms full of money, just let me know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I just use that as an example. So again, the kind of the four bullet points I wanted to, you know, to make was first to show you example of God's gifts, which we saw with, with uh, the earth, planet earth he gave to us, Abraham, even Solomon saying like, hey, you know, ask what you want from me, I'll give it to you. We can see, and there's so many more examples you'll see through the Bible that he is the great gift giver. He just gives and gives and gives. And then you've got to make it personal. It's not, he's not the God who gave gifts to Abraham and gave gifts to Adam and gave gifts to all these other people, but not to you. It's for every single one of us. Gifts. Because he loves you. It's, the equation is pretty simple. Sometimes it's hard, you know, it can seem hard to believe when you look around and it's like, oh God, like where's all this these things that are supposed to be in my life, well, stop, count your blessings, and then realize that, hey, he's got, he's got so many more gifts for you. They're coming. <laughs> They're coming. Three is remember God's ultimate gift, the ultimate expression of his love, Jesus Christ. How will he who did not spare his own son, how will he not with him freely give us all things? And then just number four, quite simple, is, is you just have to receive those gifts. Just Reach out your hands, you know, take them. You don't have to earn them, but you have to be willing to receive them. So that was the whole, the whole thrust of the message tonight was just to show you clearly from the Word, and this is something many of you know, but God's nature is the great gift giver, and He wants to give gifts to you. So receive them.